My name's Larry Lannon. I'm a volunteer with NTE Chapter 49. I'm retired most of the time, but I do some work uh, on uh, Facebook and on uh, other uh, communication issues. I have with me the president of NTEU Chapter 49, Duncan Giles. And just so you all know, we're using technology. He is in his office in downtown Indianapolis, and I'm in my home. So, Duncan, Good to talk to you. Hopefully this is the first uh, of many podcasts we'll try to produce here. I certainly hope it is, too. I think the more avenues we can use to get information out, the better. Well, information has been flowing, some of it uh, very important, some of it on the rumor mill. So I think this might be a good opportunity to maybe punch down a few of the rumors you've been hearing. I'm sure they come your way on a regular basis. Let me just start off with this. What rumors are you hearing that are simply not true? Uh, The rumor that everybody's going back to work at the call site tomorrow. Um, (laughs) That's still around, I assume. (laughs) That that is still around. Uh, We have gotten no word, and National NTU has gotten no word, as to when uh, that will be happening for the remote call sites, which will include Indianapolis. So what I'm hearing just on the uh, traffic that I see regularly trying to update our Facebook page uh, for NTU Chat. By the way, our Facebook page is NTEU Chapter 49 Indiana. You must use the Indiana at the end. But what I'm seeing is that it appears the larger offices, such as the campuses, are beginning the process of, of ramping up. But as far as Indianapolis, which is a smaller call center compared to the others around the country, many of the others, uh, what you're hearing now is that this is not something imminent. To explain what you're hearing. Right now, they're trying to figure out uh, the biggest biggest problem with having people telework from call sites has always been bandwidth, as well as any IT issues and how they're able to handle that. And so they're trying to ramp it up slowly with telework. They want to get more people into the service centers to start with to be able to start processing more returns, dealing with the truckloads of documents that they've got uh, sitting there because nobody's been able to do the work because everybody's been sheltering at home. And so they're looking, you know, how quick can they roll this out? You know, we've been hearing a May 11th date when National NTU asked IRS about this. They said that you know, nothing has been planned for remote call sites and the May 11th date would be the earliest something would be happening, which sounds like they're saying it's a little bit pregnant. Um, (laughs) You either are or you aren't. We either are doing something on the 11th or we're not, but we can't get definitive answers. But we know that's the earliest that uh, anybody would be going back to work at the Indianapolis call site. Are people at the Indianapolis call center beginning to receive phone calls or other communications from their managers about whether they would be willing to, to uh, work uh, based uh, on, a, on a work at home uh, telework situation? Yeah, there have been uh, management did go out probably about 10 days ago now or so and contact employees to see if they would be able to first, do they have the physical capability, i.e. what's called a high-speed internet that is wired, that they're able to actually connect to their router and that they have secure location enough that they could telework? And then are they willing to telework? And from what I'm hearing anecdotally, the vast majority of folks are saying that they would like to telework, which 
it makes me happy and does not surprise me in the least because they're ready to get they're ready to do the work. And when you have a situation like this, I think we need to emphasize this. You have to have a certain uh, amount of speed, and I'm not going to get into the details of that. Uh, let the managers and the employees deal with that and have the managers get the tech people involved. But one thing that I think everyone needs to know is that most of us in our homes with our computers, even desktops, tend to use a Wi-Fi connection. Yet to be a teleworker at IRS, my understanding is not good enough. Uh, there are some situations where you could, but for most people who would want to telework, particularly in a call center situation, they would need to directly wire any IRS equipment into uh, into their system. Could, they could not use Wi-Fi. Is that generally the case, or what do you know about that? Uh, that would be the case. You can. We've had the ability to Wi-Fi uh, for folks that have been teleworking previously, but those are people like revenue officers, revenue agents. Uh, people who are occasionally on conference calls but are not using their computer to be on the phone all day, every day, which sucks up a lot of bandwidth. To be able to do that, from my understanding, the computer has to be connected directly with the router so it couldn't be over Wi-Fi. So that, when you're thinking of setting yourself up at home, keep that in mind. Maybe a long wire, but you need to get a wire connected to your IRS equipment uh, that, that uh, would be able to hook, up, uh, to hook you up to telephone calls and all the other information you would need to have to, to handle the, the work you would be doing. Let me shift from call center work to other work. We have a lot of people uh, in uh, the Indianapolis area, Indiana, the state of Indiana, where NTU represents most of the IRS employees in the state of Indiana. Uh, how are things going with the people who work in the field, the revenue officers, the revenue agents, the people who normally are in the field? Uh, most or all of them have already been set up to work at home. How, how is that working so far? Overall, it's going fine. Um, the problem mostly for them is to make sure, you know, they cannot talk to the taxpayers that they're dealing with. So they're not able to go out to a taxpayer site to view something that they might need to take a look at. They're not able to go to an audit site if they're a large case agent. So there are certain things that are affecting everybody with this pandemic uh, that's tough. But so far, I haven't heard a widespread, we've run out of work. Most of them have been told that they cannot go back to their posts of duty to pick anything up. So they've only been able to do what they're able to do with their computer and with the files that they have with them. Okay, we're getting just a little bit of technical break up there, but I think we got most of what you had to say. Uh, I, I'm curious about this. Uh, do people not, most of these field people do have uh, IRS cell phones, I would think. Uh, can they not uh, communicate with taxpayers that way? Uh, yes, they can if the taxpayers were there. Um they are able to do some phoning uh, with them. And if you're talking an individual taxpayer, it's one thing. If you're talking trying to connect with somebody at a business, um, they may not have their business records with them. Things of that nature, that makes it uh, just a lot more difficult. It's, it's everybody, this is such a new phenomenon for everyone, whether it's the IRS or any other company or organization that we're all trying to figure out a new and better way to uh, to do this while we are in this pandemic. So I, I, you and I have talked about this, but let's talk about it uh, for all to hear. 
uh, IRS for a very long time and dealing with NTU and other entities have always have always made the argument that the statute, and it does, says they have the right to assign work. And they've always very carefully preserved that right. Well, now we're getting to something you've just touched on. And it's more of a what if. I'm hoping this isn't actually happening. But what if, based on the situation you talked about, can't talk to the taxpayers, can't talk to the business owners or accountants, can't just can't communicate, can't go to the POD to pick up work? What happens, Duncan, if you literally do run out of work and the service has nothing more for you to do and you're ready to accept that work? What happens in that situation? Well, there was a lot of mixed messages at the first. And I'm proud that Chapter 49 was at the forefront of getting this clarified because the first thing that was coming out of the IRS and their frequently asked questions when it occurs in a situation like this was that employees would have to take their own leave, which is the biggest bunch of whatever you want to insert in there in the world. It's management's right and duty to assign the work. If, if an employee says, hey, I don't have anything I'm ready to accept work. You're not giving me any. In this situation, in the middle of a pandemic where your POD is closed, they have to be put on weather and safety leave. And the IRS, to their credit, admitted their mistake and their error and have since corrected that. And they do now admit that if there is no work for the employee to do after they have told their management official, I'm out of work, then they are put on weather and safety leave. I have not heard of this occurring yet, but as this goes on, I'm anticipating it happening very soon. Well, let's talk about weather and safety leave because most all of us who worked at IRS, and I'm retired, but in the years that I worked there, weather and safety leave was for a snowstorm, a tornado that tore the place up where you can't get to work. It mostly dealt with weather and safety is kind of a new uh, paradigm for uh, IRS and other federal agencies to deal with. A couple of things I'd like you to comment on. Number one, it is, it is a form of administrative leave in the sense you're being paid for not working, but it is not technically administrative leave. So, and so just talk about how this whole situation works and how hard you had to work just to find these setter codes to enter into your time. Yeah, this has been, again, we're uh, dealing with something that's totally been unfamiliar to anyone in our lifetime. And uh, the service, like just about everywhere else, was woefully unprepared to deal with this. So I've learned more about weather and safety leave in the last 30 days than I ever thought I'd want to know or would know. The, uh, you know, it is intended for exactly this type of situation. When the employee, when there is an evacuation of the office and the employee is not telework ready or telework able to work, then they are given weather and safety leave to, um, to not go without pay until there is work that they can do. Now, we have heard from some employees, and I understand this position as well, where they're saying, hey, look, you know, I should be able to, you know, even though I'm telework, why can I not get a couple of days of weather and safety leave uh, because I've got to deal with my children, things of that nature. And unfortunately, according to the statutes, if you're able to be a telework employee and the same thing that is causing your POD to be shut down is not causing your telework site to be shut down, usually your home, 
you cannot legally get weather and safety leave. Well, let me ask you this. How are the managers doing? Because I know they're trying to get answers. They're, they're obviously trying to figure out how to handle questions uh, from their employees and to situations. Are the managers doing the best they can right now to get answers to their employees based on feedback you've been receiving? Yes. Um, I Again, the managers are as much in the dark as anyone else. A lot of times, um, and this isn't an unusual thing, but it's definitely been stepped up in the last month or so, I get a lot of contact from management officials, from executives on down. What am I hearing? What's going on? They're just not getting information because it's changing so quickly because this is such a totally different situation than anything that's ever occurred. It's almost like we're, um, you know, going into a brave new world type of thing. Nobody knows how long it's going to last, what the rules are, how they should be dealing with it. So the managers are giving the employees what information they have, but unfortunately the vast majority of the time it's woefully inadequate because nobody is being told anything because we don't know. I know that you are still most days reporting to the federal building, the Minton Capehart Federal Building in downtown Indianapolis. Uh, tell us who you see in the building. I'm sure there are a lot of people who normally work in that building and haven't been there for a while. What's it like in there to be working in that building right now? Um, I see quite a few people. I see a couple of guards when I come into the building. I see uh, the cleaning crew. And when I leave the building, I see a couple of guards when I leave the building, and that's about it. Uh, <laughs> so you, as it far is, as IRS employees, I mean, there are some agencies that have to be working in there. I know DEA has an office, and there's uh, Secret Service. There's some law enforcement, and DHS has some offices in that building. But as far as IRS, you're saying you, you're the only IRS employee you see during the day. Absolutely. There are uh, very few employees, federal employees, period, in this building. Uh, most of the folks, uh, like you mentioned, from the law enforcement agencies are also working from home as well. Hmm. So they even they're not uh, here a lot. And it's just uh, it's a veritable ghost town. Hmm. Very interesting. So I don't know. Are you hearing any kind of uh, because you, I know you talk not just to management officials, you talk to the National Union. You have a good relationship with the national president, Tony Reardon, and all the people working in Washington, D.C. for NTEU. Do you have any feel as to when people might be able to slowly but surely, maybe in small amounts, be able to go back to their offices? Is there any feel for that yet? It varies wildly across the country. I'm just going to speak now for Indiana because it's going to be different in California than it is going to be in Idaho. It's going to be different in New York than it's going to be for Georgia. Um, but for Indiana, right now they are taking a lot of their lead from the governor of Indiana, who I think has done a very nice job in listening to the health professionals and trying to figure out you know, how we need to reopen the state. So the IRS is listening to those government officials in the states to say, okay, what do we need to do? So I'm, that's why the May 11th date, when I was hearing that, was of interest to me just because, you know, you hear Governor Holcomb for Indiana saying, you know, I'm looking at early May to start 
opening the state back up. If the call site does go back, I am not anticipating a full callback from people. Uh, I do believe that there will be social distancing, so they're not going to be calling back everybody. They're going to be calling back enough people to try and start the phones back up, but not where everybody is on top of each other. You know, an issue that has come up that we brought up, um, and I'm sure other chapters have as well, when we're hearing that they're going to be calling people back, but they're not going to be supplying masks. But as of today, if you're in a uh, federal building for IRS, whether it's leased space or a federal office building, you're required to wear a mask in common areas. Well, there are a lot of folks out there who don't have masks who haven't been able to acquire. And if they do, it's a continuing cost. And why should the employee have to bear that cost if it's a part of doing business in this? And that's some of the discussions, let's put it politely, that National NTU has been having with IRS on that issue. You know, I uh, still uh, teach a tax practitioner institute or have for the last five years for Indiana University, and we're not even sure if there'll be uh, an, an institute this year. I mean, that's there's talk about whether or not that'll happen. The reason I bring that up is I still keep track of what's happening with the, what some people want, generally call the tax press. And there were several stories in the tax press today about the fact that, yes, IRS is beginning to open up. But, oh, by the way, if you work for IRS, you've got to supply your own mask. So this is getting some national publicity. Yeah, as, as Tony Reardon uh, put it in a memo, providing uh, one's own mask should not be a condition for returning to work as a volunteer or if directed to do so. If this is a condition of employment, then it should be on the employer to provide this. Right now, we're you know we had heard different reports that when they're reopening, they're asking for just volunteers. Then we're hearing they're directing some people, and now we're back to hearing. So far, it's just been volunteers, but we just are getting such conflicting information. We're trying to sort it all out. Well, I would think if, if a mask is required, uh, if there's a direction to come in, I would think the this is just my off-the-top view is that uh, the service would have some responsibility to get a mask to you. But I also know that there's a shortage of masks, and it may be difficult for the agency even to find them they, if they were willing to pay for them. So, Yeah, that, that's been an issue of trying to find masks, wipes, hand sanitizer to make sure that those are all prepared and ready for when people do come back to the post of duty. Um, I know FMSS, our facilities folks have been working very hard on doing that, but it is, like you said, it is difficult to find the masks, you know, and I just, I had a devil of a time finding masks for myself. Um, so I showed up to work today because I'm supposed to be in common areas. So at any time I'm in a common area, I'm wearing my Superman mask. <laughs> <laughs> that you made yourself. They said I, I had to wear. They said I had to wear a mask. They, it, it's not offensive, but oh. I don't have to adult all the way. No, that's uh, no, that's that's not offensive. I don't think. But uh, <laughs> uh, one more question, and we'll talk about how people can t- contact you if they need to. Uh, I just want to know what, with all that's happened in the last, I guess it's now almost six weeks. We're somewhere in that neighborhood. It's over a month now that the IRS has been uh, in this and NTU's been working with employees on these issues now that, uh, you know, basically the, the agency had to shut down for the most part. What message do you want the people working in Indiana, the members of NTU Chapter 49, what message do they need to hear from you right now? We are doing everything we can locally and nationally to make sure that 
you are protected, that you are making sure that you're still getting paid and that you're being treated correctly. You know, if we don't want anybody that runs out of work to have to take their own leave, we don't want anybody that has been forced to be at home because their POD is closed and they don't have work to not get weather and safety leave. Do not listen to the rumors that are out there. Uh, you know, I've, I've talked to people from our chapter and from a lot of other chapters across the country and have told them to contact their own chapter. Do not listen to rumors put out by some person that they can't name or that comes to them third or fourth hand. Go to your chapters. They're the ones that are going to have the information. We put out the information that we have on our Facebook page as soon as we get it just to make sure everybody's informed and on the same page. Now, I know that uh, you also use email internally, but uh, you and I have talked about this, that there are so many people in Indiana right now who are not connected uh, to any uh, uh, IRS system that uh, we've tried to use Facebook as a way to at least get information to them. So let's talk about communication the other way. Somebody's heard a rumor, somebody has a serious question about what their manager's telling them or what information that they are getting and, and what their individual situation adds up to and they need help. Uh, tell, tell everybody listening how one can get in touch with you. Email is duncan.giles at irs.gov or after hours or on the weekend, nteu49 at aol.com. I'm proud to say I think we're one of the few aol.com mails out still out there. Um, or phone 317-613-1731. We do answer the emails. I do answer the emails and phone calls and try and make sure that everybody's got the information that they need. And, and that's um, and we send stuff out internally, and we also get it out uh, to the Facebook page, like you said, for the folks who don't have access to the IRS email right now. Okay, very good. So if, if someone leaves a message on your office phone, you do check that on a regular basis, except maybe not the weekends, but you once you get a message from somebody, because you do have to be on conference calls, you have to be talking to other people as part of your job, that you will, my understanding is you have a pretty good record of getting back to people as quickly as you can. That's it. I'm If I'm not on a conference call and you're leaving me a message, well, I'm going to take them in order and Send them, send them back and ask who, you know, contact them back. So, yeah, I answer the emails, the, the you know, <laughs> phone calls. However, however people are reaching out to me, I'm answering back. Yes, and so if you hear a rumor that doesn't sound like it's right, talk to Duncan. He's got the most up-to-date information, and if he doesn't have it, he'll dig it out as best he can. Well, hopefully this uh, will be the first of many uh, uh, a podcasts we'll be placing up on our Facebook page. If you listen to this and think there are other people uh, who might uh, get some benefit from it, please share our Facebook page with them, which is, of course, NTEU49 Indiana. Make sure that Indiana is on the end. There's an old account out there we don't update anymore, so don't get stuck in limbo there. Anything? Any last thought before we uh, wrap it up, Duncan? Yeah, there is one thing I do want to mention. There is a pulse survey, a climate pulse survey now going on out there. And this was included in the message to the members, uh, I believe, last Friday. I very strongly urge everybody to take this survey because I want the IRS 
up top to get a real solid idea of how happy or not that employees are with what is going on, what they're hearing, the responses they're getting, things of that nature. They need to know this. It's a strictly anonymous. They have no way to track it. I've been uh, very involved with this from the start. Was very surprised when they actually okayed this survey, including a text box where you're able to voice your opinion on how you're feeling. So I would encourage everybody to hold nothing back and let them know what you're thinking. Well, my first, I guess the last question I have then with that uh, in mind is what if you are disconnected from IRS? You, you're maybe you're on uh, weather and safety leave. You're at home. You have no technology to get your IRS email. Is somebody going to find a way to get to you to take this survey? This survey, when we send it out, is not part of the IRS firewall. So you don't need an IRS connection. Uh, you just need, that's why it was sent out via NTU, because you can do it from your phone, your home computer. You do not need to be hooked up through the IRS to do this. Okay, very good. So you can still do it. Uh, whether or not you have your IRS connections at home. Very good. Well, Duncan Giles, thank you very much. Uh, we'll try to do this at least once a week if we can, more often if if important news does have, happen to break. So thank you very much, Duncan Giles. We will talk again soon. Thank you, Larry, for this and all you do, sir.